0: The reading is taken from the letter of James, and if you've got a church Bible, it's on page 1213. And we're starting at the very beginning of the letter, reading from verse one to verse 12. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant, its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning. I'm Sam, one of the staff team here, and it's great to be with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please speak to us and help us to hear your voice this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're beginning a new sermon series, Themes from James. James is a short letter tucked in at the end of the Bible. It's packed full of practical wisdom that we'll be diving into over the next few weeks. And this week, we're looking at how to respond to trials. You might have noticed that James doesn't really beat around the bush. So let's dive in. What do you consider pure joy? Fast jets flying overhead, family celebrations, the open road, a good book. I love all those things. And if our reading this morning had begun, consider it pure joy when you've got time booked off work, the forecast is good, and you've got a new book that a friend's recommended. Well, I'd have thought, amen to that. Pure joy. I'm with you there, James. But trials, consider trials pure joy. Well, that's just crazy. That's nuts. And on this happy occasion when we've just baptized little Ottilie why are we thinking about trials and it's great to have a number of you here to celebrate that with us well James gives us one big reason and it's this trials are used by God to help us receive the reward that he has for those who love him trials are used by God to help us receive the reward he has for those who love him. And we'll unpack that in three parts. The first is this, part one, trials produce perseverance. James writes, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. It's funny, we hear it that way around, And I think it makes us groan. It makes me groan anyway. It's a bit like when you're told to eat your greens. And then it's explained that they'll make us healthy and strong. We know that perseverance is a virtue. But when we're told to consider trials pure joy, we groan and think, do we have to? James, is there no shortcut to perseverance? But look at it the other way around. Where does perseverance come from? answer, through being tested. How much does perseverance cost? Well, it's, it's the pain of facing trials. Now, almost none of us want to be tested just for the sheer sake of it. But in order to grow in perseverance, well, we might just begin to be able to see its worth. But trials make us wonder, Is it worth it? Is what I'm pursuing worth it? Particularly in this context, is loving God worth it? Is following Jesus worth it? Is serving his family, the church, worth it? As a church family, we've commissioned utterly, fight valiantly as a disciple of Christ against sin, the world, the devil, and remain faithful to Christ to the end of your life. Is it worth it? When trials come, as they do for all of us, is it worth fighting? Is it worth remaining faithful? When times are hard, we might ask, where is God? Does he really love us? We might be tempted to turn away, to go it alone. By their nature, trials threaten our false idols, those good things that we might be relying on just a little bit too much they present us with an opportunity to reassess. Who are we going to give that throne to, the throne of our lives? Are we going to give it to God, the one who we can depend on, who's unmoving, who's unshakable? Or are we going to double our efforts back and prop up the the toppled idol? Of course, over the last couple of years, We've all lived through the most universal season of suffering that we've known in at least a generation. As horrific as it's been, the pandemic has brought to light aspects of life we all took for granted. The freedom to move, to work, to socialise, to travel. The expectation of good health. The ability to make plans. Trials produce perseverance as we choose To hold on to God through the storm. Those of you who are sufficiently long suffering will know that watching England play five days of cricket is often a trial and certainly a test. Victor Hugo said, Perseverance is the secret of all triumphs. At school, I didn't really excel in PE. But without fail, I was the first one back after that warm-up lap around the playing fields. And there's a parallel with what James is saying here. He could just as well be a sports coach, saying, consider it pure joy when you're out of breath and your muscles are burning. the, The sports coach wouldn't be crazy. He's not masochistic. It's just that he knows that's how we become faster, stronger. That's how athletes are trained and champions are formed. Over the years, I've come to love their trials of training and racing. Sometimes it's fun, but when it's just a slog, you know that it's good for you. It's making you faster for next time. Perseverance, be it physical, mental, or in our faith, comes through testing. And our test in time becomes our testimony. We began with a song that had these lyrics. When we see you, God, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. And there have been days in my life, seasons uh, sometimes, when that line has been the line that, you know, eyes closed, alarm going, has helped me out of bed. When we see you, God, we find strength to face the day, whatever it might hold, whatever lies before us. And those seasons have, without fail, produced developed perseverance. Now, of course, we wouldn't wish trials on anyone, least of all, little Ottilie. but we do value her perseverance in this life, and we learn that she, with all of us, would grow in that perseverance. What are the trials you're facing at the moment? How might the Lord be using them to produce perseverance in you? Look back this time last year. What were the challenges you were facing then? What have you overcome in the last 12 months? Where have you been tempted to chuck in the towel with Jesus? And how much stronger are you for holding on through the storms? Isn't that perseverance a reason for pure joy? Well, trials are used by God to help us to receive the reward he has for those who love him. Part two, James tells us, Consider trials pure joy because perseverance develops character. He writes, Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Isn't it amazing that our God, the God who made us and knows us to the depths and loves us to the skies, wants us to grow to maturity? His heart is for us to have everything that we need as we walk through this life with him. He longs for us to develop in character, to become mature and complete. And perseverance is the tool he uses for the task. James presents perseverance as an agent itself, able to work in us if we'll allow it. And as we see the Lord's hand, his purposes and the fruit of that perseverance in our lives, we're encouraged to persevere. James, though, knows that what he's telling us is frankly ridiculous. He knows that trials aren't inherently enjoyable. That's why they're trials. And so he says... If you find yourselves lacking wisdom, if you need wisdom to understand the Lord's purposes, to see what he's doing, to consider trials pure joy, then ask him, ask your father in heaven and he'll give it to you. He'll give you that wisdom that you need for that moment, for that season. He gives generously to all without finding fault. We don't know what that wisdom Will necessarily look like how it'll come when we'll receive it but we can pray over and over we can cry out in the midst of the storms and James promises that God will give us the wisdom we need wisdom the practical insight with spiritual implications God will give us the wisdom we need perseverance develops character you might know the story of Joseph back in the book of Genesis right at the start of the Bible Joseph with his technicolor dream coat. Well that Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, falsely accused, forgotten and left to languish in prison. Yet years later when he's given the opportunity to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, we see that over the years of trial and testing he's allowed he has allowed perseverance to finish its work in him. He comes out of prison mature and ready to take on the gargantuan task that God has for him, to become Pharaoh's right-hand man and lead the nation through years of a terrible famine. Or consider these sporting heroes, Cameron Norrie, rising to fame at the moment, uh, on the left, Mark Cavendish in the green jersey on the right, they know the value of Perseverance. It's produced fruit in their lives, bringing them to maturity, the maturity they need to reach the top of their game. Sometimes when trials come, we're so busy rushing through life. or We're so quick to turn to our comfort blankets that we don't allow ourselves time to take stock and to turn to God. I'm sure Joseph in the prison had plenty of time to pray, to reflect, to ask God for that wisdom uh, far more time than we do. But it doesn't take long, just a few minutes, to just stop and to be and to to talk to God. We can do that. We can, uh, if we want to feel that joy, we can stop and ask him for it. There might have been seasons in our lives where we've felt betrayed, trapped, overlooked, a bit like Joseph, and we can ask for help if we want perseverance to do its work to finish its work, our experiences won 't be wasted. Trials are used by God to help us receive the reward He has for those who love him. and the third final part is that the crown of life awaits those who persevere. so far we 've been looking at this life and the perseverance in this life and character developed in the here and now, but now we're considering the crown of life that awaits us in the life to come. We read, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. James zooms out and explains, why it all matters anyway how we respond to trials matters if this life is all there is then trials are just random events that we have to suck up and take along with the good but the bible holds out hope of life beyond the grave james offers meaning here in the trials that pain suffering can't take away Jesus has gone ahead of us and is waiting to give the crown of life to all who persevere under trial. And that crown, it's the same word as the victor's wreath, brought back into fashion in the 2004 Olympics. Jesus didn't promise to remove all trials. We see that in his life. He uh, didn't have an easy life. He had a life full of trial. In fact, one of the temptations was to have an easy life, but he didn't. He identified with us from his temptations in the wilderness to his mock trial and crucifixion. He didn't promise to make our lives easy. And baptism doesn't guarantee an exemption from the trials of life. But Christ does offer us his peace in those trials Jesus comforts us with these words. He says, take heart. You'll have troubles in this life, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And he will return one day, or will go to be with him, whichever is sooner. And the trials of this life will finally be over. Jesus is the one who's ultimately persevered under trial, who has stood the test, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He defeated death and won the crown of life and he did so that he might share it with you and me. Jesus promises the crown of life for all who persevere. He promises to be with us in this life if we let him and if we love him and stand firm to the end, he promises to reward us with the crown of life, eternal life, abundant life, full of all the good things that we love in this life, do bring us pure joy, and untainted by the sadness of the brokenness we see around us. None of us quite know where the finish line is. It's often the way with the trials that we face, whether it's just sitting in a queue at a red light at the roadworks, waiting for it to go round a whole cycle, or something like an unjust prison sentence. Several weeks ago, Claire, and I, Claire, my wife, and I were looking to um, fly home from our honeymoon in Morocco. We'd made it to the departure lounge of Marrakesh Manara Airport in time to board, only to discover at 6 p.m. that our flight had been delayed uh, to 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Fine, we've got our books to read. We sat down, made ourselves at home. Only to be asked a little while later to stand up again to leave that kind of uh, that gate to stand in a queue to wait in a queue, only to be sort of security checked again and uh, sat down again. Our patience was tested, but we had the promise of a flight home to look forward to to spur us on the promise of a return to our home uh, to the comfort and the ease of your own space and not being told uh, where to sit or where to stand. And that spurred us on, it fueled us through what was a, a trying few hours. Knowing the value of what we're pursuing enables us to persevere. If we know the value of the reward that awaits us, the crown of life when we join Jesus in his kingdom, we'll find ourselves encouraged to persevere. Who doesn't want to be given a crown of life by Jesus? He's done the hard work. He's persevered for our sakes. He suffered and died on the cross so that we could be forgiven and so that we could receive life in all its fullness. So rejoice in him, take heart. Brothers and sisters, how ought we to respond to trials? We're to consider it pure joy because in God's hands there's a meaning that our you know, there's a meaning in our trials that suffering can't take away. In Christ we're promised that all things work together for the good of those who love Him, and God uses the trials that come our way for our good, and ultimately to help us receive the crown of life that He's waiting to give each one of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you tell us to consider it pure joy when we face trials in this life. Please would you strengthen us with your spirit to live for you and would you pour out the blessing of your wisdom that we might understand and love your ways and so become mature and complete, not lacking any good thing. Thank you that in your hand our suffering isn't wasted and that your son Jesus, in his suffering, won our redemption And one for us, the crown of life. Help us to live with the promise of that future blessing in mind when the time comes for us to meet him face to face. Amen.